This episode is brought to you by The Wanna Summit, the one day that's going to change your life. For more information, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Welcome, and here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And guess what? Today we have a special guest. Andrea Bickett. Now, we are so excited to welcome Andrea to the podcast. Now, today we're going to be talking about all things contraception, conception, and natural fertility. Now, let me just warn you up front. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be talking about things that, you know, might be a little bit shocking, might be stuff that you don't talk about. You know those private things, those private girly things? Yeah, we're going there. Again, we're not leaving any stone unturned. We're going to the depths of the darkness. We're even going to gross me out. They've warned me. I'm going to be sitting here cringing throughout the context of this conversation, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite as open. I'm a little bit more prudish. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> snob, I agree. snob, I would say. Mm. Mm. Oh, I would have said brat myself. I don't know. <laughs> prudish, I like that. Prudish. <laughs> so welcome, Andrea. And Thank it's you, such a treat to have you join us today. Thank you very much. Thank you, girls, for inviting me today. I'm very excited to uh, be here and have some fun with you. Oh, I talk about all the gorish things. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, Andrea. Now, we've known each other for years, but these girls don't have any idea. Uh, so I want you to explain, what, how have you gotten into this, the whole fertility? Now, I know that's not your, uh, what you started as, but it seems to be a real passion of yours. And I know that if I want to send anybody about anything about fertility, I say, go see Andrea. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Cindy. That's great. Um, well, I uh, started out um, completing a degree in Oriental Medicine and Acupuncture and um, that is my, you know, acupuncture, Japanese style acupuncture is my real passion. That's what I've been uh, practicing now for the last 10 years. And, um, but I was really lucky when um, I was doing my degree in Melbourne, I was um, lucky enough to be introduced to a woman called Francesca Nash, who's written a fabulous series of books called Natural Way to Better Babies and Natural Fertility and, um, and Natural Way to Better Pregnancy, etc. And, um, and I really, it just really resonated well with me because I have always had a, um, a background in wellness and, um, and, and just wanted, just purely loved the, um, the message that she was sending purely from a, um, preventative medicine perspective. So, um, I embraced that and, um, I finished my degree in, in acupuncture and I was lucky enough to do some postgraduate studies with Francesca, which was really, um, a great honor. And, um, so since then, um, as well as being a traditional Japanese style acupuncturist and Chinese herbal medicine, working in China's herbal medicine, I, um, have embraced, um, fertility. And so... Um, initially, I was um, running programs for couples who just wanted to get as healthy as they could be before they conceived and, and really supporting the um, preventative medicine um, wellness uh, way. Um, however, 
in the last 10 years, I've been extremely lucky to have um, helped um, a lot of couples with fertility issues. So one in six couples today have um, trouble falling pregnant uh, and um, have fertility issues. So um, it's been a big part of my practice. And also, I've been lucky enough to help um, women who come to me with hormonal imbalances um, because of, uh, a lot of the time, because of taking the pill, um, they have um, massive um, hormonal imbalances and, and symptoms of taking the pill. So, so let's talk about the pill, because I actually believe that most people think that that's all they can do. That's, that's all they're able to do, you know. And, and I hear young girls being on the pill at 13 because they've got pimples or because their periods are too heavy or they're not enough. So it seems to be the universal thing to fix hormones, to stop being pregnant. You know, a mother will say, well, I'd rather her pregnant than on the pill. So I don't think they I think... I think you mean the other way around. Oh, did I say it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> did I? I think you said... Oh, I'd rather her be pregnant than on the pill. Yeah, is oh, what you said. no, no, I'd rather be on the pill than on the pill. Okay, you can see what type of mother I am. <laughs> lush. Serious lush. All right, so you know what that was? You know, we've talked about this, haven't we? We've talked about that when you eat a carbohydrate, <laughs> that your brain slows down. Well, I just want you all to know that we just all had chocolate. Karen delicious, just healthy made chocolate. delicious healthy chocolate. And my brain's gone into... Oh, let's just dull down. And let's just... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Karen. Uh, Some moments of bliss. Yes, yeah. in fact. Yes, we are. We'll just finish the podcast now. Perhaps we should all bring our fingers together and have a moment of zen. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Back, back to the pill, please. Back to the pill. Right, right, right. Back to the pill. So let's talk about... Yeah, so Cindy, um, in the 1960s, the pill was first introduced to the world. And since then, um, you know, obviously many generations have been taking the pill. So it's it's extremely common in our Western society that a woman... um, That a woman... That a woman, but in the early ages when she's first got her period, which is called menarche, um, she goes um, to a GP because she's got pimples or she's got um, headaches or she's got heavy bleeding or she might have pain and the, and the GP will recommend that she starts the pill. Um, so that's symptomatic treatment because that is basically the only treatment they have for those conditions. And then secondly, um, they might go to the GP and say that they're having sexual intercourse with their boyfriend and, of course, he's going to say, well, you need to be on the pill. Now, most young girls should, um, under the age of 16, I think it is, should have consent from their parents, but unfortunately that's not the case. So um, they usually, they can quite commonly just be put on the pill without the parents actually even knowing that they are on the pill. Um, And that has actually led to, there was one case where a girl had a blood clotting disorder and she was put on the pill by a GP and she actually ended up dying. But um, there's some serious consequences to taking the pill. From um, thrombosis is one of the most... um, serious of those conditions but you know most women on the pill will experience you know general things like weight gain um migraines um mood swings and commonly depression so they are the most common symptoms that will be experienced by women taking the pill but getting back to the the early stages so yeah so in the 1960s so our society now cindy is basically um just tuned to this multi two billion dollar industry the the pharmaceutical pill generates and in australia oh no sorry in in america 
And um, so we just think that it's absolutely acceptable for our young girls to, once they get their period, to go on the pill. Oh, it's only a mini pill. It's not going to be, you know, so bad, da 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 But it is really brought with a lot of um, serious consequences, can be serious consequences. And, um, and also just what I see in my practice is that these young girls come in and they've got hormonal imbalances, they've got polycystic ovaries, they're taking the pill, they're depressed, they've got weight gain, they've got a whole lot of serious illnesses, they've got nutritional deficiencies. Um, so the list goes on here. Um, and hormonal imbalances. The two main things from taking the pill is um, nutritional deficiency and, um, and also, you know, hormonal imbalance. So... My aim is to get them off the pill and what cycling ab- naturally. What about there's a new um, tap that the doctors are taking at the moment um, called the Mirena. Yes, and that's stops the pill. Com- uh, stops bleeding completely. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I know um, some girls that have taken it who are quite young, mm-hmm. and, or had it inserted who are yes. quite young, and I also know women who are older who've been going through incredible changes from a, with their periods and the doctors are saying, do the Mirena, it'll sort everything out. Uh, there's a girlfriend of mine who had her period and it was very irregular and she was struggling for about eight or nine months and she went to see the gynecologist and the gynecologist said, Mirena all the way, straight in with the Mirena. Now, she hasn't actually stopped bleeding. She's, been, she's had the Mirena in for six months. She hasn't actually stopped bleeding. She's actually continued to bleed for that Mm. six months, Mm. though more sporadically and less, but she's still bleeding. Mm -hmm. Is it it the same thing? Only it's not it's not same thing. You mean the morena? Is it the same thing as the pill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking. What just... we're talking about here, Karen, is synthetic estrogens. Yeah, okay, right. synthetic estrogens that are at least four times stronger than the estrogens that are in our natu- in hormones that are in our body. So um, these synthetic hormones not not only cause an impact on us um, physically and our you know hormonal balance and render many women um, infertile with fertility issues. Um, but it also has a massive impact environmentally. So these synthetic hormones are actually in our waterways and they're actually impacting on um, the breeding of fish within, you know, the water streams and stuff like that. So in some countries like London, you know, the water goes through the um, purification system like five times before you drink it. I don't know if you realise that. Yeah. So the urine, you know, so estrogens that come out through the urine um, go into the water supply, and we keep, you know, so we're feeding estrogens to the whole population in some countries. Um, it's a massive, massive issue. So no wonder, you know, things like cancer, breast cancer, uterine cancer, and things like that are on the increase because they're um, estrogen driven, aren't they? Yes. Some of them. Yes. Some of those and, we, and it's in our water. So, and could that also explain why young boys are getting boobs and oh, and absolutely, things like this? Yeah. yeah. So there's the the issue of eating, you know, non-organic chicken, etc., where they um, feed the and they they try to get the chickens to um, grow quickly, and they um, feed them hormones for that. But anyway, I'm not quite sure about chicken farming, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that. but that's I but but that. also potentially yeah, the water. Like I yeah. thought it was also due to the water. Yeah. Boys so there's just so water. many estrogen, yeah, mm-hmm. estrogens. Oh yeah, the town water, yeah. So it's rough with estrogen. Oh because yeah, well, yeah, female taking the pill, it's synthetic, it goes out through the urine, goes into the water supply, and then of course they wouldn't filter that out. It would just they just no. chlorinate and fluoridate. And yeah, exactly. Geez. Yeah. So it's a massive issue worldwide, really. Mm. It's um 
Yeah, and we don't address it because the pharmaceutical companies are driving it, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's the moraine of the pill, and I keep hearing about a bar. What's something that they put under the skin? Oh, the implanon. Implanon, yeah, yeah. Somebody said, oh, they've got a bar in it. What's a bar? Implanon, yeah. So similar, you know, just a high estrogenic, um, so it stops um, menstrual cycle. So women are trying to... What, what do they, they do they, with it? they put it under the skin like they do patches and you know so your skin is your largest organ of your body and everything you put on your skin is absorbed and it goes and everything goes through your liver and um, so the hormones that you put on your skin so you've heard of progesterone creams etc you put it on your skin that's how the best way to absorb um, hormones because it goes through your whole system. So, um, yeah, so there's um, really detrimental effects to having your um, your menstrual cycle, you know, stopped completely because it can take a very long time. So commonly, just if we, we take it to that next step, we're probably chopping, changing all over the place here. But, you know, uh, if some if you decided to come off the pill, it may take, you know, it may take three months but commonly, more commonly now, because I see so many women who have been on the pill for like 10 years, you know, it can take much longer to get those synthetic um, uh, hormones they store in the fat tissue. And it takes a long time and a lot of cleansing to actually get those synthetic hormones out of your body and actually get your natural hormones firing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is possible. And that is the joy and excitement for me in my practice is you know that's what I'm helping women to to discover and um, discover their own bodies and their natural cycles and get them yeah conceiving if that's what they want to do or understanding their body signs and um, not conceiving if they're not you know ready so let's let's go through the cycle of a, of a female because a lot of women yes. just go well, I bleed. I don't know when I bleed, when I'm meant to bleed. When do I ovulate? What's ovulation? When is it progesterone high? When is estrogen low? You know, so mm-hmm. can we actually go through that whole thing so anybody listening will understand their cycle and where it should be, when it is, the whole full mm. moon thing, everything. Let's, oh, all, let's of talk about all, all of that stuff. All of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, Cindy, just um, it's it's just something that I'd like to add in there when you you started talking about that so you're in your um there are only a few days in your cycle menstrual cycle that you can actually conceive it's there's a 24 hour window when you ovulate okay so what our society is doing we're taking harmful drugs for the whole cycle when there's only a 24 hour window that you need to know about so this is the key to contracept, you know, natural contraception methods, is knowing when that 24-hour window is and using protection that's appropriate at that time. Or giving a red light. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I've just actually, and then just before we go into this too, Cindy, I've got this study in front of me that I found fascinating because this really backs up the stuff that I see in my practice all the time, is that it was done by um, the, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to read it here. It's the Fertility and Sterility um, Association. It's not an association, but I can't quite find out who it is. But anyway, it was a study done um, over um, over the phone, and they questioned the pub- general public in Australia. There were um, 462 um, telephone interviews um, of women aged between 18 to 45, and they asked them questions about their menstrual cycle. And some of the results of this were quite interesting. So these were women who were actually wanting to conceive you know, at some time in the near future. Um, and so only one in four correctly identified 
um, the female fertility starts to decline after the age of 35. And that, um, and while one in three correctly identified that male fertility starts to decline before the age of 45. So that's another big issue in our society. We're all, you know, um, suppressing our fertility, not having babies younger, wanting to have them older, but actually that's when our, our fertile days are ending. Um, so it, it makes things very, very difficult for some women. Um, then the lifestyle um, factors. Few people recognise that... Um, the effect of um, smoking and obesity on male fertility. They thought, oh yes, women should give up smoking and lose weight, but they had had no recognition that you know that men need to consider their health as well. So that's why I actually read a study just recently, and it said that the sperm count of men is decreasing. Oh, absolutely! In the last ten years, when I've been while I've been checking sperm analysis, the um, male sperm, sperm parameters have decreased by fifty percent. So their okay, level of okayness is taken on a national average. Most of, a lot of the companies, you know, blood screening levels are different because it depends on the samples that they get into their uh, lab. So fifty percent in a decade. Yes. Oh, my dolly. Uh, yeah, I read yeah. this study. So keep going with this study. So I think this is yeah. So um, so both uh, okay. Uh, so 40%. Um, or of the people were ill-informed about their menstrual cycles and, and these are the people that are wanting to conceive. So there was a 32%, uh, there was only 32% of these women who identified that the middle week between their periods um, was the time that when you were most likely to conceive. Only 32% out of 100. So most of the women had no idea. So there was... Uh, 12% of these women didn't even know when they would make conception attempts, and and 2% said that it was like most you know likely that they should conceive during when they had their period. Oh my goodness, really? Yes. So so you know people don't understand. So I'm really thrilled that I'm here today to try yeah. and help you know educate people more about you know their cycles. So we, it really is an area of our society that is sort of not spoken about. <laughs> but I think that's the key, isn't it? I think that there's a that's that's one of the key things is is having awareness yes. about our bodies and having awareness about what it's actually going to take to conceive. Because there is only that tiny little window, really, yes. that a person can fall pregnant. So the truth of the matter is it's quite a miracle that anybody falls pregnant in the first instance, much less somebody who has fertility issues. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's huge. So educating yourself about uh, how to do it and how it all works, mm. it's, it's got to be the key. Mm. So the menstrual cycle, a healthy menstrual cycle, generally is between 26 to 28 days. So day one of your menstrual, of your menstrual cycle is... Uh, the first day of fresh bleeding. So spotting isn't day one, okay, but the, the first, day one is the first day of fresh bleeding. Ideally, in a woman who's wanting to conceive or, you know, conceive down the track, her menstrual cycle, her, sorry, <laughs> I better not get it wrong now, uh, her, menstrual, her menstruation, should I say, is um, between four to five days. So usually fresh bleed for four days and then one day of spotting. Ah. So that's healthy period. That's a healthy period. Uh, if you so look, I, I see fertility and, and menstrual cycle as an expression of your health. So healthy people have 
generally regular healthy cycles if there's pain if there's um you know spotting cramping if there's you know headaches nausea diarrhea any of those symptoms moodiness moodiness, (laughs) um you know that's a sign of an imbalance within your system yeah so you know there's there's subtleties prior to menstruation which is the PMS phase, which is just before you get your period, um, which you will see because of the um, raise, uh, the rising of temperature um, due to the progesterone levels, you will see um, some women will experience, um, you know, aggra- you know, irritability, <laughs> aggravation, <laughs> aggro. They might be a bit aggressive. My, my, um, my family call it bark mode. Bark mode? Mm. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. So mm. a bit of barking around the house, mm. a bit of, you know, yelling at the children. But uh, generally, yeah, you know, these, these symptoms aren't necessarily healthy and there are things that you can do to alleviate symptoms prior to period. So then we go from the period um, and menstruation, we go into um, the luteal phase. Okay, so this is when your estrogen um, levels are at a um, higher level. And, um, and so this phase is a preparation phase of the follicles within the ovaries. So we're talking about this is if you're wanting to conceive or when we're about, you know, preparing the body to ovulate. So um, this is when um, it's important to, it's a very creative phase energetically. Women are very creative pre, um, post their period and pre-ovulation. Um, and um, and then we go into ovulation. So um, the uh, follicles have ripened and then an egg will be popped due to um, elevated levels of a hormone called LH and FSH. So follicle-stimulating hormone and LH. So the, the LH is actually what makes um, the ovary pop an egg. And um, this can um so what if you were charting we're going to talk about charting shortly um if you were charting you'll see a decrease in basal body temperature at this time which is indicating the surge of the lh which creates the um the ovulation after the ovulation has occurred um so that was and this period of ovulation lasts for about a 24-hour period so this is when for contraception you don't want sperm to get to that egg Okay, because this is when the sperm could get to that egg and, you know, it could be fertilised. So Isn't that the time you want to do it the most, though? It is. Yes, mm. yes. Mm. So you're, you're, yeah, so Mother Nature you is... You know, you know. I'm just saying, There's Mother all, Nature you know, reigns supreme. Look at you. <laughs> now, we knew you had that in you. Andrew, just ignore these girls. I was asking that for the general public. Oh, what rot. You were talking about yourself. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? It's, it's when you ovulate. Yeah. You so cervical mucus, yeah. cervical mucus, Karen, um, becomes Ow. thinner and wetter, Ow. allowing the sperm to travel through the tubes and meet the egg for conception. So you've got to have so, a mucus if you want to have a baby. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, that, so yes, thinner, wetter mucus at that time. And then, so once the egg... so. If the egg hasn't, so contraception has been in place and the egg has not been fertilised, the corpus luteum then starts to um, produce progesterone levels, supports, there's other ways of mechanisms of producing progesterone, but this is one of the main ways to produce progesterone in your body. Um, So the corpus luteum produces progesterone and then um, 14 days usually after ovulation, 
okay? Um, you will um, head into your little PMS phase prior to menstruation again. Okay. You know, it's it's fascinating talking about this. I have had children, um, Andrea, and I don't want any more. God bless them. Um, so I'm lucky I'm out the other side of, of all of this. But I was one of those girls that Cindy was talking about, that the mother, you know, my mum was very aware and understanding. My mum had me at 16. So, you know, she was very aware of me not doing the same thing. Um, but what she well, she was very happy because the pill, the doctors, everybody was, you know, it's, it was a great thing to go on. So... Um, I was put on the pill at a young age and, um, and it was great. Like from my point of view, it was fantastic. I didn't have to think, the only thing I had to think about was making sure I took this pill every day. Mm. Um, going into my twenties, uh, I decided when I started running and running for Australia that I didn't want to be on the pill anymore. So I hit my 19th, 20th year and I didn't want to be on it. And this is when I started studying the body and all the information that I was starting to learn and realized that actually this isn't something that really lights me up. Um, although I still didn't want to fall pregnant. So that's when I picked up Francesca and Nash's book. Um, so it's fascinating. I feel like I feel like bowing to you because she was my guru going through all of this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've trained with her just lights me up. Um, when I met my husband and, and we got married, we didn't want children for five years. Um, so we did practice this natural method of fertility. Um, what was fascinating for me was charting and, and all of a sudden discovering a whole side of myself that I didn't even know. Um, I didn't know about any of these, the, you know, the, 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 the thickness of the mucus, the, the thinness of it, the, the time of ovulation. I didn't realise there was only a very small period of time because pregnancies seem to happen so flippantly. It just... It was just such an amazing, what I call education phase. Mm. So I know Karen's talked about awareness, but for it's me, one of the most empowering. yeah, very. Mm. I got to know myself really well. Um, Karen's going to start wondering how I got to know myself. Well, I can tell she's thinking fingers. <laughs> she's thinking all sorts of things. Um, but it was a really beautiful period of my life. And and for Danny and I, when we did fall pregnant. We were really aware of what we were. We had prepared for twelve months leading up with our nutrition. We had charted everything with Francesca's charts. Like I'm looking, I'm listening to nothing. I was quite weird at the time, but I loved it. (laughs) But I really loved it, and this is something I want to teach my daughter without the pill phase. So what would your advice be to mothers like me of a teenage daughter now who's coming in? She's 14, coming up 15. I would love for her to have a beautiful, healthy sexual life, um, all of those things. Mm. But I think if I had known more about my body, I might not have wanted to have taken something like that. So would you recommend someone like me is really talking with and communicating with my daughter? Absolutely, yeah. So you just need to keep the communication lines open. Yes, uh, it is an extremely powering thing, empowering to understand your natural body science. And I think, and that's what I hear from all the women that I have worked with over the years. You know, once you understand your natural body science, you can really, um, you take control of your life, yeah. You don't have the symptoms of the of the pill that you know the mood swings and the weight gain and um, and all of those side effects that it, it causes. Um, and then you know, as a woman, you can pass on that information to your daughters. And you know, one of my goals in life is to actually start talking to um, teenage girls and try to mentor them. And I have had you know over the years, um, my clients send their daughters to me so I can mentor them in um, natural conception methods. Um, and 
but I think, you know, coming, it comes from the home first, you know, the mother, you know, depending on the relationship with the mother. Um, but I think, you know, as a mother, it's a, it's a part of, you know, once you understand these signs for yourself, you can then um, hand those over to, you, to your daughters and, um, and make them proud of their own bodies and, and empower them in the same way that these body sim- um, these uh, methods empower us. So passing that on and and if you're uncomfortable with um, in, passing on this information or if you're not sure about this information, this is where the kits are fantastic because mm. some teenage girls, they don't want to talk about their period. They've got yeah. period pain, but they don't want to come to anyone to talk about their periods. Um, unfortunately, that's our society. That's the way we've come to think about our periods. It's it's a time to actually embrace. You know, it's a, it's a cleansing time of your cycle. Um, it's a time that we need to slow down. We, we've got to stop da- acting like men and, and act like women and embrace our womanhood. And passing that on to your daughters, I think, is just so valuable for their for them for the rest of their fertile days. Um, so, you know, some people would need help with that. Mm. You know, they'd need a kit, they'd need um, a mentor, you know, someone that really understands the body signs so that they feel confident that their daughter's confident with it as well. Well, I, th- I think with this modern day era, I think what was so exciting for Taylor and I was discovering there's an app, like there's, and I'm sure there's oh, other ones, yes. but there's an app called yeah, P Tracker. And um, tracker. tracker, so period tracker, <laughs> yes. and and I've got mine in here. And the other day, yeah. when I was in a bit of bark mode, unbeknown to me, my daughter went to the phone, and she comes back up to me. And she goes, mm, "PMS, is it?" <laughs> so, and I, I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, too much information." But it's amazing that you can actually. I know, like I'm looking at mine, and and I know when mine is yes. due, and I know. And the other thing about these things is you can you can track how you feel. So everything mm. I was doing with Francesca with these charts, handwritten, is now being put into an app on my phone yes. and you can actually even highlight when you're having sex like this is if you want to to know when you're well, having a, a baby on every day of the week. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> i did not do that for all of you look, look at you the same way again <laughs> really stop it stop it but you can, so these you are fantastic devices yeah okay I, I think you know this is um you know the 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 new way of things you know apps on your phone it makes it easier for your daughter to you know track her cycle etc but track her mothers <laughs> but there are many aspects to natural fertility um contraception methods so um we might just go through a few of those so there's, 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 it's all very well to track your cycle, and and that's really with somebody with a regular cycle, that's using the rhythm method. Okay, yes. so there are times that you are um, more safe than others, and understanding that through a regular cycle. But not everybody has the blessing of having a regular cycle. Yes, and um, and it's really important that we understand when through our natural body signs. So you already understand through your own natural body signs that when I get a bit, uh, 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 I'm about to get my period. So that's understanding a body sign. Yeah. Um, but it, what what's really important for contraception is to understand when you're ovulating. So we do that through... Um, so the great thing about Frances- what Francesca, she's worked with fertility for so many years and she's formalised this in, in the kits. Um, so she uses basal body temperature okay so this is not something you need to do ongoingly i heard you mention that you might you know you've had to do all this charting well 
Um, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't do the temperature, but I oh, did. I was did doing do it just to track my. I oh, did do great. the temperature while I was trying to conceive, great. but like you say, you didn't have to do it. What I did love about um, Francesca's was that because that certain period where I was tracking it was definitely when we wanted to conceive yeah, in the lead up. But I certainly, I mean, it was hilarious. You know, I'd be lying there with a the thermometer, and he'd be like, "Go, no go, yeah, go." Like, you know, are we on? Are we not? Are we like, what's going on? I go, and if I wasn't in the mood, no, sorry, no, I'm only kidding. Um, but it was amazing, just even understanding. I didn't know my temperature yes. even changed okay and so you were saying that so, in the progesterone yeah so for contraception it's really important to understand basal body temperature because basal body temperature actually tells you you have ovulated because there's a a, a temperature a clear temperature rise in a regular cycle so you'll see this regular um, rise and um, if it's risen for three days after the previous low six you know that your that the egg has disappeared and that you're safe to have unprotected sex so what we're talking about here is unprotected sex so most couples today we're encouraging them to use condoms anyway because of the risks of stds which are ripe in our teenage populations chlamydia is has been on the rise so we're encouraging girls our young daughters if they are going to have a sexual relationship if they haven't been checked for STDs and their partner hasn't been checked for STDs they don't want to be having unprotected sex anyway so this is what we're talking about we're talking about this is a system for couples um, young teenagers or couples um, who have been in a relationship for a certain amount of time that want to have unprotected sex yeah and so we so for contraception we use basal body temperature okay uh, we, but we use all all systems but the keys are um, we know then that, that you've ovulated through the basal body temperature we use cervical mucus so um, we, so we're checking the cervical mucus initially all of this would be done maybe for three months after three months you're going to have a pretty good idea about what your basic infertile mucus pattern is so for many women older women it will be dry um, your probably fertile mucus pattern which becomes wetter and more slippery and your fertile mucus wet pattern which is wet or um, some we sometimes describe it as spin or an egg white yeah so um, so the, the, the method for checking the mucus is simple. You don't do it first thing in the morning. You, what you're checking is your um, cervical mucus that drops down from your cervix. So you don't want to do it first thing in the morning when you're checking your basal body temperature. What you're wanting to do is you're wanting to check it later in the day. Just before you go for a wee, you um, just pop your finger into the just into the mouth of the vagina. You don't need to touch your cervix or anything like that. And you just need to have a little look at the colour, the texture um, and the amount of the mucus and after three months you can pretty much establish your three mucus patterns for conception or for contraception now if you want to conceive naturally understanding your mucus pattern is the most important it's no use knowing that your basal body temperature has risen because that's after the fact yeah you want to know what your fertile mucus pattern is that you are about to ovulate so the sperm can be there to meet the egg. The you know, I, I don't even think we pay enough attention to the subtleties mm. of what our body actually does. Yeah, uh, so you know, there's an ad on TV at the moment, and all it talks about is, you know, women, you all have vaginal discharge. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's a young girl, and she's jumping in there. Talk, I, I think they're advertising pads or something like that. 
But, you know, so, so I think women now are aware. I, I'll be honest, when I was 14, 15, I thought I had a disease. I didn't know what it was. I, you know, I didn't know. And so we I need was, to talk to our daughters. Yes. yes. But, you know, and my mum was More so busy. It's not that she wouldn't have talked to me. I, I don't think she probably would have thought it was something I needed to know. But for mm. years, I thought there was something really wrong with me. Mm. Now they're talking about it very flippantly on television. But now I'm thinking that you're suggesting going one step further and let's really look at what the discharge is. Absolutely. And you need to chart that. Okay, so we need to know what that is. So we understand that, um, you know, that is the fertile mucus. That's when we're more... Um, our libidos are at a higher level as well, more likely to want to have sex. And um, and so there's so as a part of the kit, we've got the um, mucus chart reading, the basal body temperature, and all the symptomology that goes along with that. So there's you know headaches, you know um, PMS symptoms, etc. Um, you know any changes um, to our environment, like flying long distances, um, things that um, having a cold, alcohol, things that can affect our hormones. We can register all of that and see the impact that that has on our bodies. And um, and then, but the real key to Francesca's charting, which is so important that isn't available through apps, is that um, Francesca's uh, knows or recognises that the lunar cycles are extremely important as well. So understanding your lunar cycle. So t- I'm sure you're all wondering what she talking about. What is a lunar cycle? No, no, I'm well, just following. I've read the red tent. Oh. And I learned with that, that book, which was, you know, a biblical book about the red tent, which was that every female cycled on the full moon. This is what the red tent taught. So they cycled on the full moon um, and they ovulated. ovulated. Oh, okay. That, well, it, I don't, just couldn't, because some people were saying ovulated they're ovulating on the, full, on the full moon. Yes. And then on the what moon is it that they... The new moon. The new moon. They menstruate. They, they menstruate. That's great. Yeah, so I was learning all this stuff with the red tent. This was long after I've had babies and had to... I did the Billings Method. Oh, okay, great. You know, so I had... Yes, yeah, so oh, I, I read that book too. This is mucus. Yes, it was all mucus, but it was hysterical because right. on the toilet door... Listen, yes. Karen, listen. Oh, I think I've checked out. I think, you know, I'm really just zoned out over here. But on the, on the toilet door, because my husband and I were just a couple and we lived alone, so on the toilet door I had babies, red babies, yellow babies, green babies, and... And, you know, and I did that chart. Right. So my husband knew when he got to the toilet that if there was a green baby, that was a no-go because that means you were going to have a baby, you know. But if there was a red baby up there, he was happy. Yeah, yeah, this right. sounds so much more sophisticated. You know? Well, it, it yes really does. Well, um, as a part of the so lunar cycle, yeah, let's they talk were about first the lunar cycle. okay. So, um, Dr. Um, Eugene uh, Jonas was a Czechoslovakian scientist in the seventies. He uh, discovered that um, there's a second time that we can potentially ovulate. So this won't be in a month. Yes, yes, and it's. It's um, linked with um, the position of the sun and the moon at the time of your birth. So um, it's really important to understand when that period is because if you're, you are sexually active outside of your um, ovulation time, it may coincide with your lunar cycle and you may conceive. So I'm sure that's how I got pregnant, actually. I always felt that I'd ovulated and then, so, especially the third one. Yes. <laughs> You don't talk about that, shall we? I was already ovulated yeah. and I couldn't figure out how I got pregnant. Yes. So okay. interesting. All right, let's keep yes. going with that. So, well, it's interesting because this does explain lots of unexplained pregnancies, pregnancies. and also um, twins. 
unidentical twins as well. So, you know, you can, yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot of charting done over the years and, and lots of, yeah, people going, oh, the lunar cycle, that's what it was. But um, it's, so it is really important for us as women to understand when this current, so it's as simple as understanding when it is. So according to a moon chart, so um, women who, who are using natural con- contraception methods, you quite possibly will find a moon chart on the back of their toilet door. Um, so they know, oh, okay, so full moon, I, I have my lunar cycle, um, my lunar peak, you know, seven days before the full moon. So, you know, oh, okay, so that's coming up. So that's another time that I just need to use protection or, you know, an alternative method. So it is, is it only once a year um, that you will ovulate twice no, a month? Every no, every cycle. Every cycle. It's oh, according geez. to the moon cycle. Yes. yes. So will you have the mucus? No, not necessarily. Oh, that's scary. Well, okay, not so really. Once you know it, yeah. Like, once you I'm know it. Now, but you know, <laughs> when you know when it is, it's not a problem. Yeah. When you know when it is, it isn't an issue. You'd need to be having, you know, sexual activity, um, you know, quite full-on sexual activity at that time to pop an egg. It's not going to happen gently, <laughs> I wouldn't imagine, but anyway. Um, That's another topic in itself, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so this, is, so this is why these kits are fantastic because it is it's incorporating the basal body temperature, it's incorporating mucus, it's looking at lunar cycles. And so this is, you know, fantastic for couples who, um, you know, want to conceive and who are having trouble with fertility because if they have this extra window of opportunity, you can actually synchronise these lunar cycles with your mid-cycle ovulation to make you doubly fertile, give you an increased chance. So, And also for men with low sperm count, it's really fantastic for men who have you know impaired fertility which is 40 percent of the population of males having trouble with fertility uh couples having trouble um so they yeah they use this um system of lunar cycle as well don't you just love it you know we, we always talk about this that we've gone so far away from the natural order of things in our health in in so many ways and here you are telling us again that we are so far removed from moon cycles and you know all of those things that we don't even realise that this affects you know our body. Well, after all, the moon does affect tides. So why isn't it affecting our you know our cycle? Well, oh, the animals are you know yeah. conceiving at full moon and the plants are generated and we plant in moon cycles. We our animals breed in moon cycles. And we breed in moon cycles. Yeah. It's, yeah, but we just sort of, you know, it's, it's you know, Cindy, it's just been, you know, um, an onslaught of Western medicine that has just changed our thinking and our society around our sexuality and our reproduction. And that's why our, um, you know, fertility uh, fertility's um, waning and our population is decreasing. I think it's less than two babies per couple in Australia now. It's 1.4 three or four or something like that per you know the population because it's actually becoming extremely difficult to conceive for lots of different reasons so there's just the um, lack of awareness of our cycles and then secondly there's um, nutritional deficiencies mostly becoming because we've been taking the pill for so long and um, and lifestyle factors you know there's radiation there's you know our homes are toxic you know we've got so many impacts on our lives that um, are having an impact on our fertility. 
Well, so, you, well, you talked a little bit before about how patch medicines are absorbed through the skin. Absolutely. We know for a start that people are exposing themselves to hundreds of chemicals a day just through their personal care products. So mm. if a woman's trying to fall pregnant and she's struggling... They're mimicking it, natural estrogens yes, in the body. Absolutely. Mm. Um, you talk a lot about goal setting um, when, you're, when you are wanting to have a baby. What, what exactly do you mean when you're saying goal setting together? Uh, well, sounds like a match. Uh, goal setting, no goal setting, more for contraception. Oh, yes, oh, is what I was lucky I didn't referring read to. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, couples, you know, this is this is fertility is not the woman's job. It's it takes two of you to make. You know, it. it I talk a lot to the couples that come to visit me about um, both, you know, males and females. The couple needs to embrace their fertility. What are we doing together to prevent ourselves from having a baby this month? So, um, you know, embracing our relationship on lots of different levels, not just, you know, what are we getting the kids for Christmas and, um, yeah, where are we going on our next holiday? But, you know, what are we doing about our um, sex- sexual life and how are we going to avoid a pregnancy if that's what we want or how are we going to conceive or what are we going to do to, you know, plan for a conception like we would plan to build a house. We put a lot of effort into building a house. Well, people unfortunately don't plan to have a baby and they're having babies when they're health, they're obese, they're smoking, they're drinking, they're having babies that are born with birth defects, um, you know, the asthma, eczema, all of those conditions now are so high in our society, but we're basically passing on poor health to our children. So, you know, it's time for us to goal set, you know, as couples and really um, make a difference, you know, to for our future generations. And that's what makes me excited about natural fertility management, because it is really, you know, the big picture stuff. It's about getting the population healthy now so our future generations have better health it's interesting um you talked about how or cindy you mentioned how we've all kind of um lost touch with what's real and the natural ways of of being around our fertility and and and, you know conception it's it's really interesting because it really you know it's it's very similar to everything that we've been talking about on the podcast is coming back to the natural way of being but i think what has landed up happening over the generations we've try to take control ourselves rather than being at the effect of nature and working with nature. I think humans, we've tried to say, well, no bugger that. I'm not waiting for the lunar cycle and, you know, I'm not waiting for my ovulation. I'm going to be in control here, you know. So we've created drugs and we've created pills and we've created prescriptions and so on to try and take back control from nature. But what I'm loving about what you're saying in that, you know, with the goal setting it's basically saying, well, you know what, I do have a level of control. I do have a level of choice, but I'm not bigger than nature. Nature will still be the determining factor as to whether I fall pregnant or I don't fall pregnant or whatever choice I choose to make around that. But the goal setting, it kind of gives me back a sense of power rather than saying, oh, well, you know, if we just have sex every day like rabbits and hope for the best, well, is that going to get me pregnant? Um, or if I don't have sex at all, will that stop me from getting pregnant? You know, it, it's really giving us back. That's a good question. Yeah, well, if we don't have sex, will we get pregnant? Mm. <laughs> yeah, the immaculate conception. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, that kind of sounds a bit like your um. What was it that you said before about mothers? Or mothers? What, not wanting mothers to be want pregnant, pregnant, not on the pill. It's still the chocolate. It's still the chocolate talking. That's that's still was, the that chocolate. was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, God, amazing, we're all blonde. Anyway, um, yeah. but no, but I mean, really, it, I mean, if I Andrea's. Not at all. But I mean it really it's about us having control. Mm. And it's about us being empowered. And I think that the goal setting allows a person to be empowered but work with nature. Rather than to go through all of the stuff that we've been going through over the generations that's brought us to where we are right now, where we're not fertile. You know, I'm personally a classic example of that. You know, I'm 43 years old and I don't have kids. I tried for five and six years to try and fall pregnant. There was nothing wrong with my partner. It was all me. And we did everything that we possibly could. We went down every natural path that we possibly could go down. And as it turned out, I never fell pregnant. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, factors that contribute to to us not falling pregnant that's got nothing to do with us aligning with nature. You know, I'm the classic example. I was on the pill from the time that I was young. I had a dreadful diet. I was, you know, bloated and inflamed. I had all of that sort of stuff and had no idea that that was what was contributing to me not falling pregnant. Mm. I really, you know, we just we just don't know these things. We're just not educated. And then we go and see the gynecologist and he says, great, well, let's put you on IVF. Mm. And then we go through the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of IVF attempts that just don't work in the end for some people, you know. And I think that there's just this whole disconnect. Mm. There's just this whole disconnect that it, it keeps us very separated from ourselves and keeps us very separated to nature and keeps us very separated from um, what's real rather than what's fake and what we can manipulate. You know, you know, you actually said something there that I'm, I'm worried for our younger girls because I was giving a talk in Sydney recently and something came up about um, these, these energy drinks, you know, the monsters and Vs and whatever mm-hmm. they are. And the young girl in the room, actually, I, I said to you know, something came up about energy drinks and she put her hand up and she goes, oh, yeah, I have a few. And she was 17. And I said, to her, oh, how many is a few? And she said, oh, I'll have about eight a day. Oh, this wow. is eight energy drinks. And I tried very hard not to just about swallow. Yeah. And so I looked at her because I don't want to try and make her wrong because in, our, in my opinion, it's our generation that created these drinks, you know, so I kind of feel a little bit responsible there as far as trying to educate them. So I said to her, look, why do you take them? And she said, because I'm a hairdresser and I work long hours. And I cracked up thinking, wait till she has kids. Um, but I remember looking at her still dumbfoundedly and she said, I said, well, you know, why don't you have a coffee? And she said, oh, I have three of them a day too. Oh, goodness. So then my question to her was, does your health concern you? And she went, well, yeah. And I went, um, okay, so if it concerns you, you know, if I said to you that this could be damaging your health, um, she goes, well, it's not, I feel all right. So she was in this real void because it's advertised and marketed so beautifully that it's a good drink. Then my question to her was, well, what about in 10, 15 years' time, you might want to have a baby within the next 10 years? And she goes, no, I don't. So I thought, I'm not even getting the right questions because what 17-year-old's going to say, I want to have a baby? So, you know, it's like this, it's this thing of, of education, but sometimes for women it could be too late. You know, they've bombarded their bodies so badly, do you think? Is that and, what you were getting to? Yeah, and we don't actually care about the future. No. You know, particularly at that age, we don't care about the future. We only care about right now. And if our body feels good now and it's functioning good now, well, that's what matters. It's like, you know, like somebody coming and talking to you about superannuation. When you're 30 years old 
it's like, yeah, 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 when that day gets here, I'll worry about that. Mm. Uh, that was certainly my experience. And I think that that's certainly the experience of the younger people that I deal with in that they're more worried about the immediacy. They're more worried about right now and what's in front of them. If there's a problem right now, they'll deal with it. But if there's not a problem for another 10, 15 years, there's no kind of connection and relationship to that. Um, so, But I think, you're, I think you're dead right. I think you're absolutely dead right. We are really running the risk of um, having a whole generation of kids who, you know, who are actually going to be rendered powerless in their future to be able to take affirmative action to get their bodies in the position that they want to be in if they do want to have kids. Mm. I actually think well, that that time has come. Oh, mm. for sure. I actually do. Like, you look at the... Thank God for Andrea. Yeah, well, it's just a pity that there are not more people listening. Mm. And I think that time has come because we have so many children with allergies um, and we also have children that have ADD and ADHD, autism, Asperger's. There's so many diseases out there that are happening at the moment as a result of this. And I don't think it's coming. I think it's come. And I'm Sally Fallon, she just said... Fertility rates will keep decreasing. We will not be able to have children unless we have generations of people teaching their children what is the right thing. And and that's the scary thing is you're not. And what, what's even scarier is that you know I've taught my children the best that I can possibly teach them, and then I hope that they will continue my work that my father started because it was my father started. But before his generation, he there was no. There wasn't any of this stuff around. My dad was in the age of the first antibiotic. He remembers his cousin dying at the age of 21 from taking antibiotics. Wow. It was penicillin, actually. Um, he had got penicillin poisoning or something, and he remembers watching him just waste away and, and die within a very short period of time. So before his generation, there wasn't these problems that we had. We maybe had sanitation problems and that's it. Now we have these problems where we are rendering children with... Um, Problems that may will, will create an increase in infertility, mm. an increase in sickness. Uh, they say that our children aren't going to outlive, or out, these children will not outlive their children. No, what, how does their that parents. Go? Their parents, that's right. These children will not outlive, outlive their, their parents. parents. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Really? Yeah, but I think also, though, you know, nothing in life is 100% certain. Mm. So, um, you, know, it, you know, the question here is, is the pill the answer, okay, for contraception? Um, and so if we bring, um, bring more positive, um, uh, more understanding to our bodies and allow our girls to make their own decisions, all we can do as mothers is actually deliver the right information about our bodies and that there are alternatives to taking the pill and, and educate them the best that we can and, um, you know, you know, put them put them in the best place possible. Um, Do you think, now, Andrea, it's really important also to be educating the boys, boys. at the same time? Because, no, you know, these boys yeah. are going to think that it's just, oh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I don't have to think about it. It's your job, your responsibility. Yeah. But so I was talking about them. couples before. Mm. But, you know, we were talking about mothers and daughters here a moment mm. ago. So I, 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 but, yeah, look, contraception, I see contraception is a issue for couples. It's not an issue just for females, mm. it, as is conception isn't an issue for females. It's a conception. It's an issue for couples. Generally, in the practice, it's forty percent. You know, I, I see equal amount of fertility issues with um, as men as I do with women. So I'm um, supporting men with 
low sperm parameters equally as much as I'm supporting women with um, irregular cycles and hormonal imbalance. So, um, yeah, so it's a it's an issue for couples. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it comes from your parents. If we're talking about teenagers, and that's where this topic started from, you know, we, we need to give them the information, get them understanding their body science, keep the communication open, and, um, and, and make sure that they know what the alternatives are. So, so explore the alternatives. Mm. Which are? <laughs> oh, well, the alternatives are natural fertility um, ways, like understanding their body signs through basal body temperature, mucus readings, lunar cycles, understanding the symptoms that they have throughout their cycle, embracing their fertility. Yeah, I just can't imagine sitting there talking with a GP about this. His alternatives would be a marina, mm. the pill, the condoms, um, the, the cup, what's that thing, the the <laughs> diaphragm, all those oh, sorts yes. of things. Yeah. That's what his alternatives or her alternatives would be. So coming to a natural fertility specialist would be talking about issues that may not have even been discussed in families and homes. So I think it's a really important thing that we start educating ourselves around this area as well. Well, the study that Andrea talked about in the beginning just shows that it's not discussed. You said yeah. nearly 70% of people have no idea. Yeah, when, knew. when to make conception attempts if they want to have a baby. They have no idea. So this is why it's so important. I mean, that's one element to why infertility is on the increase. So primarily the first thing that I do in the practice when people come to me for conception is talk to them about their cycle. Um, it's fundamental to conceiving a baby. They need to know. You know, gone are the days, so, you know, some, some couples in our society today go oh you know you know you just have sex and you fall pregnant you know it, you know it'll it'll be okay if we're, ha- we're not going to stress over it we don't want to do anything different from what we're doing now we're not going to put any effort in because it's just going to happen and once upon a time maybe our populations did fall pregnant a lot easier and the um and the definitely the miscarriage rate was less you know one in six couples now misca- one in six women now miscarry um and so the miscarriage rate was much lower and couples you know they were having sex you know most um you know in my parents generation you know they were having babies in their 20s if you were 26 like my mum was when she had me you are an older mother um a bit different for me today but anyway um well my mum was 20 your yeah, yeah. So lots of yeah, and so when you you're in the prime of your fertile days, mm-hmm. so people don't realise that from 35 your fertility is waning considerably. You want to be conceiving in your 20s, but we're keying up our kids. Go out there, have a great time, do all of these wonderful things, and maybe overlooking what is really important in life. You know, families, you know, couples, loving relationships, um, relationships that you can talk to each other about your fertility, about planning for, you know, your, your perfect baby, your better baby. Um, that is, you know, I think what, what is, you know, um, lacking a lot in our society today. You know, I don't think a lot of girls really think, or boys probably really think, about the consequences of an unhealthy child. So a child that may have the issues that a lot of children have today until they're confronted with it. And then I'm sure I know a lot of women that say, I'd only know if I only knew to do this, if I didn't do that. You know, I know there's lots of ifs in it, but they are. They're not Mm. even considering that aspect of it. They're not looking at that. And I think that that's something that young girls and young boys need to start confronting at this point in their lives is that 
if you continue to live the lifestyle you're living right now with maybe drugs and drinking and bad food, then mm. you know you will expect that your sperm or your um, eggs may not be uh, as healthy the as quality. they could be or mm. the quality mm. that they could be. Some um, races in, in the world, um, I know the Indian um, in, in India, uh, they once you are, they don't drink at their wedding. Basically, they get married quite young. They don't drink at their wedding because actually, when you're getting married, it's a, it's actually the beginning of you going. You're going to be having children, and you don't want to do anything to your body that's going to upset the health of your child. So they want, you know, obviously in India with a population of 60 million or whatever, um, they, they want to be as healthy and as strong as possible. So they, um, they know the importance of, um, you know, being healthy and not drinking. And it's just simple things like that. So, you know, there are populations... I think the population of India is more like a billion, oh, not billion. 60 million. I know. No, no. <laughs> I think yeah. it's actually, they know fertility I think it's well. 30. Yeah, I think it's 30. Um, so what you're saying, Cindy, is we need to talk about it more. We don't yeah. don't be embarrassed, you know, don't be embarrassed about discussing these issues with your children or Girls having and boys. Yeah, and don't be embarrassed when they start to ask you questions. I think would be a really good piece of advice. You know, for some of our listeners out there that have got girls that may be coming into menstruation, this is the time for them to really start educating themselves and to start thinking about this. But I had a girlfriend, Fleur, we know well, and her daughter, um, she started her periods and she thought after she had had it, the first one, she was shocked she got it a second time. She was absolutely dismayed. And she said to her mum, but I've had it. Uh, you know, I've had it. I've, I've done it. So she actually thought in her head that she was only going to ever have it once. She also can't stand the sight of blood. And her daughter's very queasy around it, like really funny around oh, blood. I can which relate is... to that. <laughs> I can relate to it's that. It's a bit of a worry when you're a woman, though, isn't it? So, so Fleur had this wonderful story, which I'd just like to share quickly um, before we finish up, that she said to Paige, all right, well, look at it like this. The womb is like a beautiful baby's room. So the body gets ready and the decorators come in and they hang pictures and they put a, a they hang a chandelier and they put beautiful welcome new baby, new cot. Everything goes into the carpet. It's all hung beautifully and, and, and set up beautifully for this new baby. But, of course, the egg doesn't get fertilised by a sperm. So the decorators all go, hang on a minute, she's not having a baby, no need for the decorations, so now we're going to strip the room, which is the body then releasing all the, obviously the blood, but she doesn't say that, but the, the decorators come in and they then excavate the room. Um, and oh, then the next, wow. and then the next month story. they come in and they set up the room because every month there's a chance we can have a baby. But I just loved it and I thought that might help some of our listeners yeah. just to describe for some of our younger generation or the ones coming into it, this is the cycle. Like, you just got to find all avenues so that it's not an embarrassing it's a beautiful topic women getting to know themselves is an incredibly powerful well one thing I did for my girls is that in preparation for it is that I got this beautiful little um, bag with a zip on it and in that bag I put in um, a pad a spare pair of undies some wet ones and I, I gave them two and I said this is for when you go away from my house you know when you go and sleep over at someone's place and this is for your locker room you know for the locker uh, at school and that was my way of beginning the conversation that this is what's going to happen to your body and you need to be prepared for it so I think you know they're just little ways that we can do it mm, great yeah. 
There's a fabulous book called A Blessing Not a Curse by Jane Bennett. I have it in the practice and uh, yeah, it's got lots of beautiful stories and ways to empower girls who are just going through Menarche. So, mm. oh, beautiful. Now, Andrea, it has been an absolute honour having you share the last hour with us. Before we actually wind up, is there anything more um, in a nutshell that you can share with our listeners? Or have we pretty much covered everything with you today so well, far? Well, we've said a lot, haven't we? we but, have, um, yeah. It's, yeah, there's. I mean, there's always more to say. But, um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, Getting to understand your body signs is yeah. is an extremely powerful thing for couples, yeah. um, for 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 contraception and also for conception. Yeah. There are many different alternatives out there, and I just hope that the listeners are going to explore the alternatives to um, contraception um, needs and um, and empower themselves by uh, embracing you know alternative methods. Now, if our listeners want to get more of you and get a chance to, I guess, either communicate with you or find out more about what you do, what's a website that they can go to to track you down? They can go to www.avacupuncture.com.au and um, they can also, on the website, they'll um, find products available. So the kits that we've been talking about today, um, uh, they can contact me through the website. So there's a a link there as well. So you can have a chat to me online. Okay, so that's all the W's, A-B-Acupuncture dot com dot au yeah. so it's a for Andrea a- b for Bennett yes Bickish yes Bickett. oh whoops <laughs> acupuncture a c u p u n c t u r e dot com dot au all right awesome all right well it's been an absolute pleasure as I said sharing the hour with you you've been such a font of knowledge and it's been really you know it's been an eye opening experience for me personally but I think it's I think it's been incredibly educational for our listeners so join us here again next week now you know i i really i really want to encourage you guys um to to jump onto the website which is the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat because you know i actually would really love to hear what your personal experiences have been around fertility contraception and conception because you know you've heard my journey here today and i'd be really keen to hear and we all would be really keen to hear what your experiences have been so jump on and give us your feedback and we're going to check it out and, and, and you know, hopefully be able to give you guys some, some feedback of our own on the chat. So we'll be here next week. Join us and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.